You know how you listen to a podcast and every time the podcast starts, either there's like a little introduction, they talk about what the episode's going to be about, and then they hit you with an ad right off the bat. Um, I was actually, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, he had Dave Chappelle on a couple of episodes ago. And what's nice about listening to that podcast is the ads only come up the one time and you fully have the option to skip them which is really cool. I've never seen that. And I don't know if it, maybe that's just like a Spotify thing. I don't know if that's the case on Apple Music. Uh, regardless, I now have an opportunity to give myself some free advertisements. Um, in case you haven't heard, um, I started a uh, vintage clothing Instagram account um, with one of my buddies, Alex Kaufman. Um, we started maybe a week ago. Uh, we are called Nostalgia Supply MI. The MI in this case obviously stands for Michigan. Um, but if you go on Instagram, you can follow us, Nostalgia Supply MI. Um, we sell a bunch of old school um, Nike clothes. Um, we have some Tommy, um, Tommy Hilfiger. I want to say Tommy Bahama, but nope. Tommy Hilfiger, um, a lot of Nike stuff actually, and a lot of old sports teams, um, vintage Red Wings. Uh, I believe we got some Green Bay Packers stuff, some Giants, um, some Yankees, a really cool Yankee sweatshirt. So if you guys are interested, you can go ahead and check it out. Um, again, that is Nostalgia Supply MI on Instagram. You can also check me out on Depop and on Grailed. I sell a bunch of really cool shit. Um, just search my name, I think, on Depop. Um, Deep, both Depop and Grailed, you should just be able to search my name. Um, and you will see me and I will come up and, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Honestly, it's a great hobby. Um, it's fun selling things and you'd be amazed like how many people out there want, like you may have something that like you found or you have that that's old and you're like, no one would really want this. Um, but it's amazing. Like some of the sentimental value that people have like that they could find within the things that you're trying to sell like i had this t-shirt that i had from um it was like an old like hockey team that like doesn't even exist anymore like some old like ahl hockey team i don't even know it's like an extra large anyway i listed it and within like three minutes this guy had already bought it um and he messaged me saying hey man like can't believe you had that shirt like I used to work for them. I grew up like adoring that team, yada, yada, and like have been able to find anything of theirs since. So, you know, you never know. And it's a really cool hobby, um, bit of a side business that I do. And, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested, go ahead and check it out. Check me out on Grailed or Depop, um, whatever the case may be. And, uh, yeah, let's start the show. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, it's been a sad week for the game of baseball. We start today's episode with a little bit of some sad news. Uh, The former Detroit Tigers starting pitcher Jordan Zimmerman decided to call it a quits today. Um... Jordan Zimmerman, uh, we signed him to five years, I believe it was $110 million, and there was really nothing to be excited about when he was wearing the old English D. Like, he pitched great 
for the Washington Nationals. Um, was he deserving of that five-year, $110 million? Not in the slightest. Obviously, no one, you can't predict the future. We didn't know just how tough he would be. Um, but Jordan Zimmerman was was dominant back when he pitched for the, the Nationals. Um, and when he was that entering his free agent year, uh, that was in 2016. I mean, the Tigers at that point were so close. I mean, you had that World Series appearance in 2012. You had three consecutive, um, uh, four consecutive American League Central uh, championships. I mean, the Tigers were a, still a very dominant team um, in 2016. And they obviously believed that, okay, this guy who's going to help us get it to the next level um, would be Jordan Zimmerman. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Um, he made, I mean, looking at his contract details right now, it's, it is insane. And it's hard to look at, uh, in 2016, he made 18 mil, same with 2017 In 2018, he made 24 million in 2019. He made 25 million in 2020 in the shortened season. He made just short of under $10 million. But the thing with Jordan Zimmerman was he was never, I, I couldn't tell you one game where he was it was a standout where he pitched a complete game shutout uh you know had a i don't know 12 or more strikeout game he was not he wasn't a huge strikeout guy his fa- he had a good fastball when he was with the Nationals he even had a no-hitter when he was with the Nats and the year before he came to the Tigers he had a no-hitter um if you remember it was like this crazy diving play by Steven Souza Jr. in left field to end the ball game uh, and to save the no hitter, but for Zimmerman, there was nothing. There was I don't know. I, I'm thinking back on it now, and there was literally not a single game where I'm like, "Wow, he was incredible that game," or where he had a stretch of outings where it was like, "Okay, this team can can maybe turn things around just because of the way that Zimmerman's been pitching." We've seen that in the past, guys like Matthew Boyd. Uh, but that was never the case with Zimmerman, a guy who we gave $100 million plus to. Who not only that, um, not only did we severely overpay him, but the problem with Zimmerman was he went on the injured list like every year. Uh, looking at it now, he so this is really cool. I've actually never seen anything like this before. So uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six times he went on the injured list. Uh, his arm, his back, his elbow, his shoulder, his arm, his neck. Um, the first time he went on the injured list, he missed 50 days of the season. How much cash was he paid while he was injured? This is so sweet. I've never seen this. He made $6,720,450 when he was hurt. Uh, obviously, when you sign big contracts, there's clauses and there's things like that. Like I don't know how it works. I'm the last person to understand how like a contract actually works. But granted, there's definitely some sort of clause in there where it's like, okay, you hurt yourself, you go on the injured list, like you're still gonna get paid. It's not like you won't make any of the. You're not gonna not see any of the hundred plus million dollars that you're making over the next five years. But for Zimmerman, he was constantly injured, so he missed. Uh, was at 50 days his first season. Um, or no, that was actually in 2020. This is backwards. In 2019, he missed 13 days. He was paid almost $2 million. Uh, 2019, he missed 55 days. 
$7.3 million he made for going on the injured list. Like, it's just, it's amazing. And over the course of his career, he missed 226 days. Um, that's, you know, more than halfway to a year of years worth of his contract that he literally didn't even play um, and made $27 million, uh, $27,710,090 that he was paid while he was injured. That is an astonishing stat to just sit here and look at. His ERA was never great. He had a 4.87 ERA in 2016, a 6.08 ERA in 2017, 4.52 in 2018, nearly 7 in 2019, and a 7.94 ERA in 2020. Face it, he was not good. He was a bad decision, a regrettable decision. He was the type of, of situation where you look back on that signing and you say, yeah, you don't want to have another Jordan Zimmerman guy. You don't want to, first off, big name contracts or big time, big deals contracts. That's with pitchers especially. Um, That's a little fishy. But with a guy like Zimmerman, I mean, he had his whole career in the National League with the Nationals. And then he makes his way over to the American League and absolutely shits the bed. So... In a way, it was a good signing because it's used as a lesson, to look, a lesson learned the hard way, to look back on and be like, look, we can't go back and, and make another signing, another contract like we did with Jordan Zimmerman. It's just not going to work out. Um, if anything, you give him you know, a two-year, $40 million deal. That's plenty of money. Like You can't sign pitchers especially, unless you're Garrett Cole. I get it. Unless you're Fernando Tatis, I get it. But when it comes to signing a pitcher to a long-term deal because of injuries and because of any other whatever could get in the way, um, you can't give those guys a lot of money and have them stay you know, X amount of years for your city. It's just for your team. It's not going to work out. It didn't work out with Jordan Zimmerman. Um, and it was a tough way for him to end his career. I mean, he just was constantly battling his body with injuries. He was never healthy. Not once was he healthy in Detroit. He was with the Nationals, but he comes to Detroit and all of a sudden can't stay healthy to save his life. It's funny because you'll see guys, like, they talk about the Detroit curse. It's like a good player will come to the city of Detroit. Like, they will fail miserably. And then once they get out of town, they just immediately pop off. First name that comes to mind, Eugenio Suarez. He was that guy. Same with Nick Cassianos. He's been quietly one of the National League's best hitters, um, definitely so far this season. But, yeah, Zimmerman was just a guy who was healthy, had a great everything going for him. Then he comes to the city of Detroit, and then it just completely – the script is immediately flipped. So uh, props to Jordan Zimmerman, though. I mean, still, he had a a solid career. Um, A 4.07 ERA, went 95-91. and Um, almost a hundred game winner and it's, it's tough. He was dealing with injuries. He knew that maybe his, his body just couldn't take it anymore. And, and that was it. Um, and speaking of on a similar, similar path, uh, a couple days ago, the angels DFA'd Albert Pujols, crazy move, crazy decision, uh, scary for us, for Tigers fans, because immediately I thought of Miggy. Granted, Miggy's got three years left on his deal. I think he signed through 2023, two years, 2023. Um, we have Miguel Cabrera under contract. 
But the thing is, is in the Angels' case, one, this is Pujols' last year of his 10-year deal, which is crazy. It blows my mind. I remember I went to Dunkel Middle School, and this was 7th grade. So it was like the end of the day, 7th grade. I was in the hallway, and I remember seeing on my phone, like getting like the notification. It was like, Albert Pujols signs 10-year, like, I don't know what it was, 245, $250 million contract. I was like, what? 10 years, Albert Pujols, he's like the best of all time. Boom, now here we are. Uh, a year removed from graduation, COVID, all this shit happened. No one ever saw it coming, and Pujols gets released. Um, and it's really unfortunate for the game of baseball, uh, especially the, the last few days leading up to um, kind of what went into that decision. First off, the Angels, he was Pujols was like a bench guy. I mean, they have Jared Walsh starting at first base. And Shohei Otani, arguably and rightfully so, is getting the majority of uh, time spent as DH when he's not pitching. And it's tough for Pools because, look, this guy is arguably the greatest player of all time. I mean, actively, you look at some of the best guys that are going you know, right to the Hall of Fame, Pools is top three in that list. And it's hard because this guy was immortalized in, in baseball history. And to have his team let him go because they're like, well, we don't really have the light of day for you to get at least a couple at-bats. And you're struggling. He had like a 198 batting average. It was really hard. Uh, I'm sure it was really hard to let him go, but also just tough to see him go out that way. A lot of guys are really upset about this. Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz spoke out about it. I mean, they're right. They have every right to be upset. Uh, and basically, the Angels management came out and were like, yeah. The, in a, Basically, in a nice way, they were like, yeah, so we have a bright future, uh, and we like this guy a lot, and Jared Walsh, who's our first baseman. And then we also have Shohei Otani, who is um, just so, so unique in his own right. Like, I, I get that. Like, it's great for the game of baseball for Shohei Otani. He's great for this sport. So let him play. But they're just in a tough decision or in a, in a tough situation with Albert Pujols because 10 years ago, you know, th- they believe this is the guy for them. Uh, unfortunately, it was never the case. The angels have gone nowhere since then. I, co- I mean, they've been to the playoffs, what once and Mike Trout still doesn't have a hit in the postseason. So nothing good, honestly, nothing good came out of that deal. It was a horrible deal looking back on it. I mean, great for Pujols, Sure. He, you know, made his living in LA and, Made a ton of money, had a decent career, but what was it? I mean, they 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 gave Pujols that deal in his like what age thirty season? How old is Albert Pujols right now? Let's see. He's forty one. So he was thirty one when they gave him that deal, that contract. And that's how how do you give a 31-year-old guy a 10-year deal? At least now in today's game, you can't. The reason why some of these guys are getting these huge deals in terms of money and years in the contract, you know, a Fernando Tatis 14 300 million dollar deal, uh, a Manny Machado, a Bryce Harper, you know, those guys they're getting these contracts in their mid 20s when it actually makes sense. When you're like, "Oh, okay, like halfway through that contract, they will be at the point where Pujols signed his deal. 
right? If Pujols signed his his ten million dollar or ten million dollar his ten year two hundred fifty plus million dollar contract at age thirty one, you have a guy like Tatis who halfway through his fourteen year deal halfway is going to be thirty one. I mean, that's a huge difference in terms of when you are getting that guy um, at what point in their career. So it's hard because you you think, is that going to happen to Miggy? Could that happen to Miggy? The Angels basically made their decision because they have Otani and Walsh, and it's like, Pools isn't going to get any at-bats. Look at the future with the Tigers. I mean, we talk about Spencer Torkelson being our third baseman. I don't really see that playing out. Um, I mean, we still have a guy like Isak Paredes, Jamer Candelario. What are we going to do with him? Um, because two years is not that far out. And then obviously you have Spencer Torkelson. Like I believe Torque is going to be at least probably playing the, the majority of his games at first base. I, the, that thing is still weird to me how they announced they drafted him as a third baseman, but he was always a first baseman played first base at Arizona state. That's interesting. And that's a story for another day. But anyway, I just don't really see how, and especially if Cabrera's this decline, this keeps happening because the trends are there. They're equal between Miggy and Pujols, two of the best hitters of all time. Um, Miggy, you know, looking for 500 homers and 3,000 hits. He's so close, but at the rate this is going, shit, he's going to need to be in the league for another eight years to get 3,000 hits. Four years till he gets 500 home run plateau. And obviously being super critical, but like, hey, this team, as of late, I mean, up until a few days ago, Cabrera was hitless in, what, 27 at-bats? Um, feels great for him, though. I'm sure him getting that base hit felt like the world was just lifted off his shoulders. And I was, I felt so happy when I saw that. And you could tell that Miggy at first base was just thrilled. Because who wouldn't? Um, but at this rate, with how things are looking and just his injury history and the ability to, to play, you know, not to not be DH and just go out and play first base every day um, is so slim. And obviously his chances of achieving those numbers, those historic numbers, the 500 home runs and the 3,000 hits, at this rate, who knows how long it's going to take. And I would hate to think that Miguel Cabrera goes out the way that Albert Pujols does. I mean, Pujols, there's talks about how he said he wanted to be, you know, he, he was unsure if he was going to retire at the end of the season. Uh, he's, he still wants to play. Um, he's still on the market currently. They're looking at where he could possibly go. Who knows? I'd love to see him go back to St. Louis. But at the same time, like, tough. Like, you have Paul Goldschmidt starting at first base. Like, how often is, is Pujols going to play, you know, for Pujols to go back and reunite with St. Louis? I just don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up, but. With Miggy's case, I would assume that, you know, when he retire, when he's at the end of his career, his contract in Detroit, I think that's it. I think he retires at the end of the 2022 season. He's going to be 41, and, I mean, who's going who's gonna to sign him? This Albert Pujols move is going to be looked at, um, you know, looked back on in the near future especially with Miggy. I mean, literally. So, I don't know. I, I hope that Miggy stays around. I think he will. Um, he's the face of this franchise. He has been. Albert Pujols wasn't necessarily the face of the Angels. 
Um, even before Mike Trout, like he was, eh. I mean, he was the face, but like, yeah. Then Trout comes along and sure, boom, he's the face of Major League Baseball, not just the face of the Angels. He's the face of baseball. There's no arguing that. But in the case of Miggy, if he retires, you know, at the end of his his contract, the end of his deal, I think that's that's great. It's a happy ending. And even though he's retiring, he's hanging up the cleats. At the end of the day, it's a great way to go out. And unfortunately for Albert Pujols, just the complete opposite and a total sad situation. So one final thought before we wrap up today's episode. Uh, and it's something that I noticed slash participated in last night. And that was that Akil Badu was live on Instagram and basically held a Q&A for any, anybody who was watching and listening. I think that's awesome. It not only does it work in this situation because you have a, a young guy like Badu um, who is, you know, hungry for he, look, this guy's been awesome. Akil Badu is the, the one reason really for a while th- that watching a Tigers game was fun. Like, sure, he's he's been in a tough slump, but like it happens. And um, he's just such a, he was literally the face of baseball for a couple of weeks. Um, but anyway, regardless, I think more players need to do this to go on their Instagram lives and sure. Like with other guys, like it's just going to be way more populated. Um, there was only, I think at most yesterday, like a hundred, 180 people watching. Um, I had asked him a couple things. He was basically like, yeah, like whatever anybody wants to ask, like Q and a, just go right ahead. Um, and he's just such like a cool, like chill guy. And it's like, Instagram live is really the only time and place that you can do this. Some guys like to stream on Twitch and like they'll play call of duty or MLB the show. Um, like that's fun, but this is totally different. It's like, he was literally jamming. Like he was asking everybody like what his walk-up song should be as he's just like chilling at his crib, signing baseball cards and, and autographs and things like that. Like how cool was that? to just be laid back and kind of interact with the fans. I think more players just across sports should be doing that to give like that really gives you an opportunity to talk with the fans. And it's harder now more than ever because of COVID. And I mean, you know, football, it's nearly impossible really to connect with anybody on the field. Hockey, nearly impossible. Baseball, slightly. I mean, if you're down in batting practice, sure. You can always talk to guys out in the outfield or, as they're coming into the dugout uh, and same kind of thing with basketball, except if you're close, you know, you're sitting near the court. Sure. Like you can interact with those guys, but like just for the, for sports in general, I think players need to utilize that function of Instagram more um, because who doesn't want to get closer to their favorite athlete? Like if you had the opportunity to ask, you know, your, your favorite player a question, it's nearly impossible to come by that alone. I mean, and now you can just do it from what, like the comfort of your home, like sitting on the couch, messaging Akil Badu, like, yo, what's your favorite cereal? You know, he was literally answering questions like that. Like someone asked him like what his favorite color was, He's like blue. I mean, it sounds dumb, but like, that's awesome. Like you can just connect with these guys on a different level. Like they're chilling. Like it's a day off. Like they got nothing to do. Like why not? So I don't know. I thought that was really cool. And um, hopefully he gets to do that more. 
So guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate it as always. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave me a review at the bottom. Uh, You can tap five stars. You can write an actual review. It is up to you, completely up to you. Uh, New episodes come out every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. And yeah, hopefully the Tigers can get on the road to a hot start and a, a better, you know... We're, we're, we're tired of this. We're, we're tired of stinking every week. So go Tigers. I'm Brandon Rothenberg. We'll see you guys next week on Motor City Hardball.